Welcome to Legends of Greyskull, the podcast that dives deep into the mythology of Masters of the Universe, with your hosts, Matthew Dooch and Sean Scavana. News, reviews, remasterings, and more are just ahead on Legends of Greyskull. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Legends of Greyskull podcast. This is the fan podcast where we discuss the history, the mystery, the magic, and mythology. Nope, I can't do it. It won't be as pumped as last week, but you know what? I still gotta do it! Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 68 of Legends of Grayskull, the fan podcast where we discuss the history, the mystery, the magic, and mythology of He-Man, She-Ray, Eternia, Etheria, Nordor, Primus, New Adventures, Old Adventures, Ladybird, UK Annuals, Comics, Mini Comics, anything and everything you can think of with that He-Man, She-Ray, Masters of the Universe, Princess of Power, that Mattel logo, down in the corner, I'm Matthew Dooch. He's Sean Scavarna. Sean, how are you doing today? I that that was a bait and switch, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, I got I got a uh, lot of feedback last week. People said I was really excited. You I were was really hopped up. So I was you trying were. to get back. To, I was trying to. I was trying to. You know, keep myself <laughs> in composure and show you all that I can do just a nice, smooth intro. Well, turns out I can't because that just felt awkward and wrong on so many levels. But I feel Tonight good now. On. I'm pumped. Tonight on Masters of the Universe Peace Theater. <laughs> yeah. You, you have to be there with your smoking jacket and your, you know, the big leather chair, fireplace behind you. Yes, exactly. Oh, oh. hello. Good evening. I didn't see you there. <laughs> As I peruse my mini comic collection, you know. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Even Power, power, power in the Yeah, there you go. My the the mini-comics over here. <laughs> I saw book, I, and I went I with book. I have lots of books around me right now. <laughs> you want to know why? You have to stay tuned. It's all uh, later. Uh-oh. We got lots of fun stuff tonight. All right. What we got that? We've got... We've got... We're talking Revelation. Teaser trailer came out last week. If you haven't seen episode 67 yet, go watch it. There's some fun reactions. We did a reaction video last week, but this week we're getting into the nitty gritty. We're going to talk what we think the storylines might be. We're going to have some fun with it. Um, we've also got uh, some of our viewers sent in the headcanon. Uh, so we're going to go over that, discuss that, and give away that Rise of Evil 2 pack. That Rise of Evil 2 pack. To one of our lucky viewers who uh, submitted an entry. So that's going to be fun. Uh, as always, we have listener questions coming up. And uh, we are going to talk a bit about the drama and the controversy that's uh, all around us, unfortunately. Uh, but before we get into all of that, Sean, how's your week been? Tiring. I feel like it's been a week already and it's only Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's only been five days. <laughs> it's yeah. Who would have thought? But uh, I'm making it through. I I keep going to Target, and I keep turning up no dice on the uh, Skelegod figure this week. So that's that's the new. Well, when can uh, I find it? Will it be here on the shelf? Right. You know, I went to luck. I went to two WalMarts today, one in my town, and I had to go town over, and they had a Walmart there, so I stopped in, and nothing there. Um, yeah, so for anybody who doesn't know, the first wave of the Masterverse figures 
have a Walmart street date of today, June 15th, um, people have been finding just the Skilla God figure at Target, which is odd because they're not supposed to have them out until August 1st. But uh, And that's all I've seen. That's the weirdest thing. I've seen nobody find anything except Skilla God. So it's very odd right now. Well, they, I know there are people... Um... Oh, where at Malaysia? Oh, oh, there is a fan in, in Malaysia. I meant, I meant in the no, US. no, 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 no. I, I, I know, I know, but I, I wanted to touch about about that a little bit too, because there is a fan in Malaysia that's been posting in the groups. Apparently, he's got the whole thing. He, right. he has Moss Man, He Man, Skeletor, uh, Evelyn, and Skelegon. Yep. And yeah, he. <laughs> it's kind of cool because he he was doing like. Well, you could pop the head off of classics. You could try this. You could try that. Yep. And he, he's showing off a whole bunch of different options you can do. And it, it kind of makes it, it makes me as a classics fan just go, "This could be interesting." You know, we're about and and if if it branches into what next? You know, what's the next? Um, what's the next rabbit hole are they going to get into after Revelation and all that? So, yeah, uh, it's got me more than curious at this point. How how long do you think it will be before they dabble? Because we already know they've got two waves of Revelation coming out. And then July 23rd, obviously, the series is coming out. So do you think that's something wave three or four? Or do you think that's down the road where they might go, okay, let's do some vintage or some 2000X or one of these other iterations? I that, That's the thing with what we saw last week with the trailer. I'm kind of hoping that they focus on Revelation for a little bit because Triclops, Trapjaw, yeah. uh, um, who, who else? Clawful and, yeah. and, and, and stuff. Roboto. Mm-hmm. And, and there are definitely characters in there where I'm like, you know, classics fans in particular, if you got Roboto, you had that cracking mm-hmm. problem in the, in the clear and it would be kind of cool to get a new, here's this. And you got right. your own Roboto again, you know, or whatever. So I'm kind of hoping they stick with it at least for maybe one or two more waves after the second one. And then after that, they can go and deep dive somewhere else. But if all that we get is the first two waves, it's still those are pretty good characters. Except them. what's funny is Spike was supposed to be in that wave. And we didn't see anything of him in the trailer at all. So that kind of is right. like, well, okay. You know, like, again, you know, there are people out there. Well, where was Ram Man? Where's Manny Face? It's like, well, where was Spike Or? He's got right. a figure coming out. We know he's coming. Yep. Yeah. So, no, there's lots more coming. And I, I think they're going to run this for a while. I think it'll be, well, I'm just guessing here. So, July, the first part drops, <clears throat> the first five episodes on Netflix. So, I'm figuring the second five will probably be in the fall, winter, you know, no, October, November. Mm-hmm. So I would think at least until then, which could easily be four waves or so, the way they're pumping all this stuff out lately. Yeah. Um, See, so yeah, I'm, th- I'm thinking maybe, maybe like 2022, 20, like second, like the, that's when they'll start looking at other things. But I think they'll definitely be pumping out Revelation while this series is coming out. So sure. I mean, heck, they, if they don't put to. a. Exactly. And it, I mean, it, it, they're putting Scareglow in the show. And right. he's the go to guy lately. It's like, if you don't at least put Scareglow in this line, you're kind of tripping yourself there, Mattel. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. I, hey, however they do it, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not overly excited about the line as much as I wanted to be, but I'm actually like, well, I, I'm looking for them, though. 
Right. And it just because in hand, I bet it's going to be a different experience. So I got a couple things to show off today. Ah, it's actually some stuff I found when I was cleaning, cleaning out some boxes and stuff in my basement. Some stuff I forgot and I had ordered. Um, so these are from Eric Boyd. Um, he does his own Magnets of the Universe Ah, uh, that's series. right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I picked up a couple of these from him. Wow, it's really bad things open. He's got this, his really unique art style. He's got flip through some Beastman Buzz Off, Whiplash, your boy. Yeah, um, my boy. <laughs> but yeah, it's just fun little magnets he does in his style here. He was recently, he's mm-hmm. actually got a shop up now. Uh, I'll drop a link in the comments below because I or in the description because I don't remember it offhand. But yeah, he does uh, amazing work here. Uh, Very cool. He even included a little uh, a little pin there as a thank you. I didn't know huh. that was going to be in there. I should have opened that up sooner. And uh, yeah, I got series one and series five from him. Um, and I got an extra series one, so look uh-huh. at Legends of Grey School viewers <laughs> coming at Matt you. is always thoughtful to the listeners and to the viewers. I, if nothing else, he is always thinking of them. I'll I say meant that. to take a picture. I actually I sorted all of my prizes into a box. All the stuff I picked up, just like, hey, this would make a good prize. This would make a good prize. I put it all in one box today, and it's. A pretty good sized box, guys. So we gotta we gotta get off our butts and give some stuff away. Um, the other thing I want to finally rip open here, uh, I've I kept setting it aside, meaning to open, meaning to open, and I just hadn't. And that's oh. Raphael. I have not pulled out Raphael from his plastic <laughs> prison yet. I've had it's Leo his out. Favorite since turtle. It is, and I've had Leo out. Since I got him, because he was close to hand when we did that episode, and I have never done the same courtesy to Raph, so we're going to remedy that right now. I'm loving these <laughs> these turtles. That line, for me, like, I know there's a lot of people, and, and this is sacrilege probably on a Motu or Masters of the Universe podcast, but Origins, what little they do for me, the Super 7 Turtles line is doing all that for me. Right, like for all the people who love Origins and are excited about Origins, I'm the more pumped every time Super Seven does an announcement for this line because it's just it's hitting me right where my nostalgia is on so many more levels than I ever would have expected it to be. Right, and this is after I had I've skipped the the NECA Turtles, I've skipped the. uh, The Playmates Classics, I skipped. what other ones have they done recently? Um, well, they have the cartoon for NECA. They have the movie for NECA. Yeah. Uh, and then Play, yeah, Playmates has their, we've been using this for 10 years, and we still think it's fine. Right, we're uh, still putting out that same. The line. articulation, and they're all like, they, they remind me almost like of a marionette now with how they articulate, especially when they're in the boxes. They just kind of have this, we're just stuck in here. Look. Whereas these just look like, you know, your childhood is oh, yeah, put in a new box. These these are absolutely great. They uh, I'm gonna have to swap out for that angry face there. 
But yeah, I love it. I just noted that he actually has a unique shell too. He's got a couple uh, scars in him. Yep, that yeah, he's got some dings back there. Yeah, it's like, and he's a little pointier, I guess you could say, like his pattern. I got to yeah, get this pointier to compare it, but it's like a, it's like a completely different, a very unique shell to mm-hmm. him. Um, and I'm not necessarily going to go deep in this line, but I've got all, well, I got two turtles and I've got the other two, uh, pre-ordered and mm-hmm. then some select guys here and there. Um, but yeah, I'm just, uh, <laughs> well, like I started with classics, I'm just grabbing the guys that really mean something to me and all four turtles are a must. I thought I could get away with just Raph. Um, but I was very, very wrong. Yeah, I got to have the, <laughs> the which I, I said what I was afraid would happen. Um, yep. But yeah, I got to get I got to get the full set of turtles now, and uh, some select villains and allies. So, but yeah, they're they're lots of fun. So many accessories, all the different hands and the pizzas and the turtle comms and everything else. It's great. Great. The the favorite pair of hands for me is the one where you could put the sigh through the middle of his fingers, so yeah. you could finally have that pose for him. Which it, mine mine basically is both hands are those, and he's kind of got his he's kind of got his shoulders forward with like a "come at me, bro" kind of look on his face, right. you know. And I, that's like how he is on my on my desk upstairs. And then Leo, I have him in the uh, the old arcade game. Where mm-hmm. uh, when you were picking the turtles and you have that opening screen to to select your player, I have it where he's got the one sword in the back, like he's pulling it out, and the other one's right here, kind of like in that uh, shot. So yeah, right, right, yeah. No, these are great fun. He's gonna go up next awesome. to Leo and gonna have some fun. So there you go. Um, <laughs> and it's funny too. I was looking down there at like. There is there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> so look forward to at least one opening uh, a show from now on. It's because I got to get through well, this stuff. Go. So, <laughs> um, all right. So we had a good week. It was fun seeing most of the hype around the trailer and everything else, mm-hmm. but there was some drama. There was some controversy. There was some internet outrage. And let us preface this by saying here at Legends of Grayskull, we are very inclusive, I feel. I I want this to be a safe haven to all fans. No matter what you like, how much you like, which parts you pick and choose, love it all, I want this to be a safe space. That's not what I've been seeing this past week week in this controversy it's not even a certain segment of the fans it's not uh, like we used to have the 87 movie fans versus filmation fans versus whatever mini comics this is kind of a whole new level of i don't even know a good word for it (laughs) ah is just it's it's (laughs) it's disappointing i mean for everything we saw But I'm getting ahead of myself. So here's what we're going to do. We are going to put a timer down below. We have decided we are going to give this drama 
a 10-minute window in which we will say the drama, and then we'll give our thoughts on it, and then we'll move on with the show. So, if this is something you want to hear us discuss, keep listening. If you don't want to hear it, we're about 18 minutes into the episode right now, so skip to about 28 minutes, and we should be wrapping it up. All right? So here we go. Timer on the screen, and... Oh, one last thing. I do want to say, before we start, I'll say again when we stop, I will say 99% of everything I've seen has been positive. But this is the 1% of disgusting comments that we are about to address. So definitely a loud minority. Good? Good. All right. Timer on the clock. 10 minutes. 3, 2, 1. Controversy number one. Kevin Smith is a liar. He is not a super fan. He said 1982 when the cartoon did not premiere until 1983. How dare he? How dare he? (laughs) Everything I've seen from Kevin throughout all of this is consistent. He has never pretended to be a super fan. He has, from the minute I started with with listening to his announcement at PowerCon and everything else, he has always said he knew of the show, he watched some of it, his mom never let him get the toys because she felt he was too old, and... Now that he's working on the show, he is going back and watching the old stuff. And I have not seen anything since then that has contradicted that. People are pulling out old tweets right now that are like, oh, he's saying there was one about the the 1988 art gallery in San Francisco or something. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, I'm not a Masters fan, but look at this. That tracks. He said it. He was not a master. He did not keep up with masters. I don't get what the controversy is. And on top of that, we have two different uh, cartoons, one of which uh, Lou Scheimer, Filmation, and the other one was Mike Young Productions, yep. both of which had people running those shows that had no interest in He-Man and had to come up with their own <clears> way <throat> to address right. the brand to create something new for us when we were kids and in our 20s. And you know what? They weren't super fans. We embraced that stuff because they came at it from a different perspective and it actually gave us something to really get excited about. And on top of that, from my own perspective, as being on a podcast, two podcasts actually, I don't get things right half the time myself. It is just human nature. You are going to forget something. You aren't going to remember (laughs) every single detail. I couldn't remember the time corridor the other week when I was on, uh, when I was on council of the first ones. And you know what? I never got hate mail. Uh, <laughs> it's like, you don't need to know chapter and verse, every single thing to call right. yourself a fan. You can enjoy something and be a fan of it and not know everything. Right. I have been famous for saying that I watched the turtles TV show when it premiered in 1989. That's when I remember watching. That's when I felt it premiered. Guess what? That thing premiered back in 87. Yep. So I am obviously not a super fan of the Turtles. So I, not should, a never super talk, fan. I should never talk about them <laughs> at all. And thank you, Sean. Good point. Why does someone need to be a super fan to work on a property? None no, of those Dalmatian writers were super fans. Mark Taylor wasn't a super fan. Roger Sweet wasn't a super fan. Because it didn't exist back then. You yep. know, 
Paul Dini, Larry Dottilio. We could go on and on. You know, like you said, Lou Scheimer wasn't sure if he could make the concept work, and that's why we saw some tweaks. I mean, there were things Lou left out because he felt that was just a dumb toy. You know, uh, Dean Stefan had no, had no idea. Well, I'm sure he knew of it, but he did not follow it. Mike Young was a fabulous series. I don't get why all of a sudden we're going, he has to be a super fan or he shouldn't be by the property. Exactly. Who cares? And last time I'll say it, he's not the only one working on this. So, um, controversy number two. Tila loves the ladies. Not only is Tila going to be a lesbian, but she is also going to take over as He-Man. Kevin Smith has flat out said that is completely made up and untrue. Mark Bernardin backed him up. He has also worked on the show. Ted Biaselli has backed him up. Everybody who has actually worked and or seen the show has flat out said, this is not true. Why are we still talking about this? Yeah. Uh, honestly, a haircut does not make a person. Simple as that. I mean, what the heck? Over here. The fact that, okay, she has a different look, that doesn't necessarily mean she has a different everything. It right. just, again, I'm still stuck in the, I think they're in disguise. Simple I'm as right. that. That's just my personal opinion. Oh, of course. But, it is. Well, oh, yeah, the time jump one. Absolutely. We'll yeah, yeah. Later. Um, And it kind of goes along with the people complaining about the captain of the guard uniform, we'll call it, the traditional white uniform. They're saying that that is too far of a departure. What did they change? Except the coloring a little, you know, like they changed the design of it. Like we said, it's, it's, you know, powerhouse versus filmation, but they added a skirt. Like that's the big outrage. Like they, oh, you can't see her very upper thigh. Like that's. A controversy? I Well, the, the thing about it for me is always going to, it, it's always going to go back to when I learned about Masters of the Universe when I was a kid, Tila was never a sexual object because I was freaking four and five years old. How right. was I to know what that meant? She was pretty, but on the right. show, they never, ever played her up as a sexual being. She was always played up as capable. She was always played up as being one of the very first and foremost companions usually to help he man on an adventure most of the time and when they even gave her episodes to highlight her own character because she was also interesting and she had a storyline they wanted to also tell with the whole sorceress aspect of things and you know it's as simple as that it's like she's she's just that character she's not to me none of the women in masters is a sexual being in that way but even if you feel that way feel that way like no one's changing your filmation tila i'm just saying i don't think there's a huge departure there no more than man at arms or you know anybody else you know any of the other main characters it just kind of embellished and updated you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's agreed it looks like tila get over it people feel that tila can't have a storyline to herself guess what she did back in the 80s yeah. multiple times more than she, once she's got <laughs> Three credits to her, or her, she's got her name in three titles in the series. He Man's only got two himself. So Tila has always been strong and capable. She appeared in 105 episodes out of 130. And for all you saying, well, she was just the lowest lane, the damsel in distress, out of those 105 appearances, she only got captured by herself, not as part of a group, 
because that, you know, that's not the same to me. She, she only got captured by herself 15 times. That's it. Out of 105 appearances was the only, 15 times she fell victim. And, he, and, you know, He-Man, he would get captured too. So it's not even mm -hmm. that big of a deal. But the point mm -hmm. is, Tila has always been strong, independent, and she has always carried a storyline. Yes, she is quested with finding the sword of power in this series. Hell yeah, she should be. Because with her being the daughter of the sorceress and a capable uh, captain of the guard, she is the right person for the job. And mm -hmm. if you don't like Tila taking a central focus, then did you ever really like He-Man? We're about the two-minute warning. we got to hurry up. we got one more controversy All right. still. Let's do it. Controversy number three. Last controversy. This show is a bait and switch. I have heard this so many times. Everyone feels this show is a bait and switch. That trailer we saw, that is five minutes of the first episode. And then after that, it's all the adventures of He, Tila, and her, her lesbian posse. Guys, bait and switch. Very simple. It's when you're promised something and you're given something else. So far, we have been promised a He-Man series, that uh, cataclysmic final battle, and Tila trying to find the sword of power. And we have been told she's not a lesbian, and you know He-Man will definitely be in it. This is a He-Man story still. That is what we've been promised. We haven't been delivered anything, so how the hell did they switch it? If all that comes true then yes, it's a bait-and-switch, but you won't know until it airs. Yeah, exactly. I love how many people are already throwing out there, this is exactly what we're going to get. We have a little more than a month until we get to it. Right. But somehow all these people are able to fortune-tell this entire series. Right. And, and what was funny is uh, Kevin Smith even said he has yet to even see an actual fan theory that covers what the actual show is going to be right. about. We're close, but that not nails a hundred percent of the plot. Exactly, the basically. So, yeah, I mean, guys, we cannot. It cannot be bait and switch until it happens, until it airs, and that's all I'm saying. Wait till it airs. See what you think. After that, you know, people want to bring up the female Ghostbusters and this and that. That is not a bait and switch either. They said here's Ghostbusters, but with females, and they gave us. Ghostbusters females, not a bait and switch. That word mm. does not mean what you think it means. You got 20 seconds, Sean. Go. Oh boy, 20 seconds. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm I'm ready to just buckle in and just watch the thing. And I'm tired of people telling me what I'm supposed to be watching and what it is before I even get a chance to watch it. Sorry, just not into that. Let me watch it on my own. Let me enjoy it. And it. I'll let you know. Let's see what happens and boom. We are done. Moving on. All right. Get all that out of here. Just get it all get out, out of here. Give it all get out of here. Get it all out. You know what? <laughs> Actually, you know what? Great time. Let's grab a drink. Let's hit the head. Let's get a little snack. Uh, our producer's signaling me. We got to take a sponsored break. Pay attention to these messages. Go visit them. Click the links. Blah, blah, blah. We'll be back after this. Legends of Grayskull will be back right after these messages. The world of modern wonders, where the wonder genome gives ordinary people like you extraordinary abilities. Now, let's catch up with two of our heroes 
Long Range, and his intrepid sidekick, Cloud Kid, on the hunt for the villainous Manic. Hey, this is Matthew Rodriguez. Thanks so much for checking out Modern Wonders uh, live on Kickstarter right now. Um, I've always had the idea to start a superhero universe, um, and finally it, it happened. So thanks uh, for checking this out, and I hope uh, you get to at least check out the Kickstarter, maybe share it, um, and if you like it, um, do a pledge and, and get the book and learn a little bit more. Thanks, everyone. Now, back to Legends of Greyskull. Alright everybody, welcome back. Uh, we had a great break, I hope you had a great break. Uh, go check out Modern Wonders by Matthew Rodriguez. That Kickstarter is still going on. Let's hit that 2K stretch goal, we can do it. Um, Alright, so last week... We did our Revelation teaser reaction video. We watched it live together. That was the first time we'd actually seen it. Um, Mm -hmm. And now we've had a week-ish to let it percolate, go frame by frame, some people might have. And, uh, yeah, how many times do you think you've watched it? between last week and today i i I was joking earlier but i want to say it it has to be going on 50 at this point um and that's just i mean it's only a a minute 30 30 seconds or whatever i mean it's like it's really hard not to keep watching it and just hit replay every time it ends um and and honestly what what was what was funny was the day it, it premiered i couldn't get my kids to sit down and watch it with me yeah. So I showed it to my wife, and she even goes, wow, that actually looks kind of cool. And then I showed it one-on-one with my kids separately, and both of them were – my daughter goes, I think I'm going to have to try this with you. And right. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so yeah, both, both of my kids are in. <laughs> all, yeah, all my kids enjoyed it. My daughter, my oldest daughter, the 13-year-old, she said she really likes the art style. She says it looks mm-hmm. really cool. So mm-hmm. – um, yeah, watched it a ton of times. Have you watched it on the TV yet? Yeah, uh, I, I was so happy oh, Netflix has it on their on their whole app right now. New experience. Yep. It was like exactly. watching it for the first time again. It was like there's so much I picked up on. Everything sounded so good. Um, yeah, it just I I I can't praise this thing enough. It's got me so pumped. And yes, I I would say. 85% of that footage is probably going to be episode one. And I'm good with that. I like that they kept it very low spoiler. I It gives me a taste of it, but it's not going like, oh, now I know what's happening in episode three. Now I know what's happening in episode five. You know what I mean? Like, I like that just like, just a flashing lights. Boom, boom, boom. Look at everybody. Everything looks awesome. Great. Mm-hmm. And if, 
And I'm hoping all that stuff happens like right at the beginning. So then I've got at least like four episodes where I'm like, I have no idea what's about to happen. Exactly. You know, <laughs> um, one big thing I think, you know, I thought I had a revelation while we were watching about Faker and everything. And then I go on the internet shortly thereafter and basically everyone else had, had spotted it too. Yeah, but, it's okay. It's okay. Um, but definitely now what I didn't pick up on at the time was that He-Man riding Stridor has to be Faker, right? Yeah, that was the part that made me the most like, oh, because on the show, yeah, I, I was like, oh, that's got to be pre-turning a He-Man. He's, he, they, they sent him back to the past, and he's going to be trying to figure out a way back home or run into Hero. And then and then there were more than not so. like, nope, it's it's probably Faker, and it's it's a Trojan horse deal going on. With it, actually, having Strider is like the, the nod of it's the Trojan horse. He's going to let Skeletor and everybody into Grayskull if he can actually make the right. drawbridge lower and, and Sorceress lets him in. So yeah, that, that, that had me just like hanging my head, just going like, yeah, I thought I had that. I thought I called that <laughs> same, the, what clinched it. Cause I was still unsure, but then what clinched it for me is that same scene that we were kind of like pausing on during it where fakers holding sorcerers. We were so preoccupied with that, that we didn't notice that it's like clawful and stridor behind faker. So well, that one's a blink and you miss it moment too. So right. you weren't you if you weren't pausing it and you weren't focusing, you weren't going to catch it because I, I think um, it's easy to to pick out Clawful there, but right. Strider is like way in the back, so it's like you got to pause that thing and really zoom in. To and see it's how. and because of the sorceress's magic effect that like the screen, there's like one shot where it's like there he is. So, mm-hmm. but. And, and then when you go back and watch it like that, you realize that those shots with He-Man, He-Man and Stridor, and like they are running congruent with the Adam transformation. So it's yeah. like there was that bit of subtle, you know, that subtle hint that like, wait, no, you can see, like we're just going like, oh, it's a trailer. But that I think that was very intentional that cutting back and forth between Adam raising the sword and the faker dismounting Stridor and then the the harness, you know, actually transforming He Man, the harness yeah. appearing, and then Faker whips off his cloak and it's like, oh no, that that was totally like that wasn't a random scene spliced together. They were intentionally going, hey. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was intentional and honestly though, like I like that we got it, it gives us enough like it, here we are chewing the fat about it mm-hmm. you know like it, it it gave us enough to go what could this mean what about this what about that even even like the looks of the characters because um you have the shot in there where man at arms is running up and I guess I guess shortly after that he's punching out trap john whatever mm-hmm. he's riding on but then later on there is a I shot can't, where I can't you see it. Real quick, I can't figure out what he's writing either, and it's bugging the crap out of me. <laughs> uh, it, Maybe it's a roton. Maybe it is. Maybe you no, were right. It's, but got it, like, it's got like going. I don't. It, I don't. I can't tell if it's got a dome, but there are definitely like things going up on either side, like it's going up to like a cockpit or something. So okay, it better be completely yeah. new, or else I'm just gonna kick myself for not recognizing what it is. <laughs> But but like you have you have man at arms looking like that, and he's pretty traditional. And then later in the trailer, you have a shot where he's got like a, a cl- uh, he's got yeah. his own cape on that, 
and he's using a giant laser, which I know that was pointed out as the possibility of being uh, one of the the laser. And I don't remember this the laser accessory. Yeah, mega laser. People, but, the mega laser. But then the, there were other people that were saying, no, it's not identical to that. So it might not, not be that. And since but, they got the rotons yeah. and everything else, like very toy accurate, I'm of the camp that's not necessarily the the mega laser. But yeah, there's a big a BFL. Mm-hmm. If you will, yeah, <laughs> because we 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 did our PG thirteen last week. We blew yes. our f bomb last week. <laughs> well, we only get one a month, folks. So. We get we get we get one a year, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so you oh, see, and he's got the full beard, and so again, that was our man arms from this time jump or whatever. That you know, we keep saying time jump. You know, honestly, it could be you know, like you said, it could be a, a week or two. You know, or it could mm-hmm. be years. You know, we really don't know. And that's the fun part is just your mind spinning. Like, what could it be? What could it be? You know, and and what happens to Adam, He-Man, you know, during that time? We know he at least loses. We know he, I don't know if he, he'll drop out, but he definitely, something will happen to him. Now mm-hmm. we've seen thanks to Quest for the Sword that if that he could stay He-Man without having the Sword of Power. That's happened for Quest for the Sword, classic filmation episode, great episode. He's worried that he'll never be able to change into Adam again. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we can't even really, just because the Sword of Power is missing, that doesn't mean that we have no He-Man. That's that's an option. Mm-hmm. I know you've yeah, got your own theories about what happens to He Man. Well, I, I mean, I'm I'm curious if first off, I'm curious if something happens where if if Skelegod Skelegod is a toy and it's out there, and I figure that's enough of a spoiler to let us just go like maybe that's already coming into play pretty quickly in the series. If it is, I am I am under the impression maybe he does do something like I'm going to send you where I can never be bothered with you again. Right. He won't kill him because I, I still feel like that is like in, in the movie. He even said, mm-hmm. I'll make him a martyr, a saint. So it's the idea. I'm not going to kill you, but I'm going right. to make it that you'll never, ever bother me again. So he sends him back in time. The other option that I kept thinking is he, there's that moment in it in the in the trailer where Skeletor is opening portals and giant hands are coming through. Yeah. Which initially I was like, I bet that's Skelegod, but then it's like Skelegod's armored hand. So right. that doesn't that doesn't work out. And it's also obviously not Skeletor. So it's like, okay, what is that? And maybe it just grabs him and pulls him in. Right. And that's the end of it. And maybe he, he dropped like he hits that yeah. thing so hard that maybe it it knocks the sword out of his hands, grabs him, pulls him through, and that's the end of it or something. So that's how he loses it. And then Skeletor gets it or something. Right. You know, like there's there's different ways, and we could be completely wrong about all of them, okay. <laughs> according to Kevin Smith right and that's, now. And that's the great thing, too. It's like there's just so many possibilities. We know Hero's going to be in it, and we we do know that that is the ancestor hero. They confirmed it. That is that is the wizard, the most powerful mm-hmm. wizard in the universe. So, do, like you said, does He-Man go back and meet him? Is this just something told in flashback that they have to learn about in order to save the day? There are so many possibilities. I mean, we, we could sit here forever. And we've had some good discussion with some fellow fans 
about all the different possibilities, and there's so many. And that's the best mm. part right now. Um, it's, it, it could be anything. It could be better than we imagined. It could be worse than we imagined. But um, one of my favorite parts, well, I'm gonna, well, my favorite part of the trailer, and it seems so stupid, but I keep coming back to it, and Sean's probably sick of hearing me talk about it. But Beastman is driving the Bashasaurus, and he's going up. He's about to just smash Man-at-Arms with the boulder, and He-Man just jumps in and just catches it. And he stops it, and he just he looks at the camera, and he just gives a smile. Yep. Just a smirk like, I got this. You know, just yep. I it's like it's everything about my He-Man in that one moment. It's just like, clearly this is a big battle. Clearly they are at least evenly matched, if not outnumbered. Man-Arms was about to get pan- You can see Man-Arms standing behind him like, like he, oh, I'm mm-hmm. about to get pancaked. He-Man's just like, nope. Dude, I got this. I'm He-Man. <laughs> and he just whips that, the whole Bashasaurus back. I mean, it mm-hmm. brings up all the questions about why Beast-Man's in the Bashasaurus, whatever. But... Right there, seeing He-Man give that little smirk, like, right to the camera is, like, just, it warms my heart. It's telling me, like, they get it. They get my He-Man. Because my He-Man is that filmation He-Man. Like, that is my, that that friendly, he will do anything to protect his friends, but he, he is the most friendly guy in the universe, He but he can also fight when he needs to. And all that was encapsulated in that one moment with him just giving that little smirk, like, I'm I'm just having the time of my life. I'm He-Man. I got this. I got you. Yeah. No, it, like, when, when that moment <sighs> happened, my heart skipped a beat for the simple fact that when I was a kid, one of my absolute favorite moments in movies was when uh, Margot Kidder, Lois Lane, was falling <laughs> out of the helicopter and you have all those people on the ground going, oh, my God, she's dead. She's dead. And then all of a sudden, right. there's Superman flying up. And, you know, good evening, miss. I got right. you. You've got me. Who's got you? <laughs> and then he just goes, huh. and he just keeps <laughs> flying up with her. Right. And it's like that moment was exactly how I feel every time I see that part. It's like it's such a small little moment. But you know what? Those are the moments that make this come alive. Right. And they're the moments that make that character. It's like he's not gone. He, right. he's right there again, you know? And just like he, he'd always have that moment on the uh, on the Filmation show where he'd have that, like, sideways glance that he'd give. And maybe every now and then he'd either smile or he'd give you a wink, like, you're yeah. in on the secret with me. And that was sort of that exactly. moment in the trailer. It was. It just, feel, it just feels like... It feels like you're home again. You know? It yeah. Just, and that's, that's the biggest part of the trailer, is even without hearing a lot, just seeing it, it's like, they get it. Like, they mm-hmm. get what I want to see. It's a it's going to be a big battle and hopefully good story. That's the only thing I can't say, but it feels like it should be good story. And it just, like, the bits that we saw in the trailer is, like, they get it. They get these characters. Um, yeah. The other one is that I keep coming back to my second favorite part in the trailer is uh, Triclops on the war sled. Like, hit, same thing. He's got this, like, evil-ass grin there. He's like, ah, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. And just a flying around. And I'm taken right back to, you know, Quest for He-Man, where Triclops is attacking the Royal Palace in the beginning with him flying around on that war sled. He's, it's like, 
Same thing. It's like he's back, but then combined with the awesome angles that they can do because we're not stock system anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, him just whipping around, his hair flowing. He looks, it looks like my Triclops, the one I fell in love with in toy form all those years ago. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, so good, so good. I I still think, <clears throat> and ironically for me being who I am. That one of the moments other than the He-Man smile, and I, I still like the transformation moment. There is yep. definitely like I want to see the entire thing. I want to see it uncut, when it, unfiltered. It, yep. Exactly. Because yeah, the, they didn't even do the by the power of Grayskull in there. It was just the I have the power. If I exactly. So I, I want to see the whole thing right there on my TV. But the moment that still gives me chills out of everything is the Orco moment. Yeah. And that shocked the crap out of me because I'm like, I don't like i don't it's not that i hate orco i don't hate orco i showed this to my daughter and she actually said she got goosebumps seeing orco actually go head to head against somebody and he wasn't failing right and then i'm like i'm like well you know dad isn't the biggest orco she she goes i love him you don't talk about orco like that but the thing is when i saw that i'm just like oh like that to me it, it does imply there is something in a time frame happening here because number one, Orko has the sleeveless getup going on. He's got the longer scarf. The O is either covered up or gone. Right. And there is this feeling like he's taking care of business. And that's an Orko that you never got to see in filmation quite the same way, unless he was on Trala. So that does make me just go like, I got to see what, brings Orko to the point where he is now head to head. And it looks like possibly he's going head to head against Scareglow of all characters. That's right. my guess. I could be wrong, but no, I think if he's going, with all the, with all the, 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 the skulls there, yeah. coming at him and all, and the green and all that. But I was like, I would have never picked Orko to go head to head against Scareglow. So right off the bat, they're picking some interesting dynamics even in the fights that they're coming up with for this show which i think is great and honestly like um even for anybody who is the you know teal gate or whatever you want to call it that's going on um i gotta admit it was amazing and refreshing at the same time to see her going head to head against evil lynn and you're watching them actually connect in their fighting yeah i mean that was because if you think about it filmation that was a no-no. But now all of a sudden we get to watch, like, she just kicks Evil in and Evil in goes flying backwards and she's cutting Evil in's uh, uh, staff in half and all. And I'm just like, this is what I wanted to see when I was a kid. It wasn't going to make me want to go beat up somebody down the street, but I felt like that was legit. This is, these guys have swords, axes, you know, havoc staffs, shields. Why aren't they beating the living crap out of each other every day at three o'clock, you know? So exactly. I, I am excited on that level. We're getting to see something we never could have seen 40, well, 38 <laughs> years ago. Yep. Um, and, and that makes me excited <clears throat> because it's a dynamic that I, I uh, like I said, when we first saw it, I'm like, you know, uh, <laughs> the last stand is one of my favorite episodes. And, and you're like, oh, initial reaction. It kicked its ass. It's, like, yeah. it's true. It's like, that was the first time you got that true taste of, here it is, balls to the wall. Let's watch He-Man just go nuts on everybody for an entire episode, basically. 
And that was it for that show. But here it looks like every time they're going to have a fight, there's going to be some stakes and they're going to throw down and it's going to look like, yeah, this is how you played with them versus what you got to watch on the show. Maybe. Right. And did you catch in that evil in fight that, uh, the Tila evil in fight that Tila cuts her wand in a way that makes it go from the staff yeah, form yeah. <laughs> down to that handheld form that came with uh-huh. the toy. Like, I like that. And I, I bet she's still going to use it after that. Like Tila slice in the so then she probably for the rest of the series she's using it just as the the hand. You know what I mean? So exactly. It's like little things like that. It's like okay, you guys did your homework, and that's what it comes back to for me. Not getting back into drama, but you can say what you want about Kevin Smith. He was hired because he's a hype man. He's hired to put butts in seats to get people talking about him. And so, and he's doing a great job. I mean, and he's also writing, he's show running. He's got great writing credits on many different properties. So I feel good that he's done his research and it's going to translate to the show. Um, one guy I want to talk about here that not enough people do talk about is uh, Ted Biaselli over at Netflix. He is a Netflix exec. He is a producer on Master Universe Revelation. He's the one who got Kevin and assembled the team and work, is working with Rob David. Ted Biaselli has been a fan all his life of He-Man. And I'm not even saying that, like, oh, he knew about it. No. Ted is from the org forums back in the day. He's been to every, as far as I know, every power con since the first one. Like, this is a guy who's deep in the community, deep in the fandom. And you guys really think he's going to sign off on Tila being a lesbian or whatever other garbage these people are putting out today? Like, he wants to see the... I've read interviews with He wants to see this series as badly as any of us do. I'm sure he's already seen it. The lucky SOB. But, <laughs> like, that's like saying if any of us were put in that. But, like, he has... And he's got a lot of... Cra- I looked him up because I, 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 I know of him from the fandom in a general sense. But I've, I haven't spent a lot of one-on-one time with him. But... He's got some credits to him. And did Mm -hmm. you know that? Not only is he a producer, but he also does voice acting. Oh, he does. He does. You want to hear some of the stuff he's voice acted in? Yeah. Throw some at me. The the Nickelodeon Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. uh, The 2012 series. Yeah. He was Scumbug. Oh, uh, okay. Trans- some of these I don't know. Transformers Robots in Disguise. He was Octopunch. Super Effers, which I don't know <laughs> what that is. It sounds interesting. Uh, he was Wonder <laughs> Kyle. Uh, the <laughs> 2010 Pound Puppies. He was Cuddlesworth, Foo Foo, and One Eye. Uh, the Superhero Squad show. My kids used to watch that. He yeah. was Mole Man, Loki, Volstag, Terax, and Tricephalus. Okay. Uh, Elvira's Movie Macabre, which ran from 2010 to 2011. He was the announcer. 
the radio announcer, the Christmas creature, it, Jack Frost, Martha Stewart, Ed the Skeleton, and Jorge the Lizard. Martha um, Stewart. Martha Stewart. <laughs> uh, on the Stitch TV series, he was Pleakley. Um, and he did some video game work, too. He did uh, the Marvel Superhero Squad video game. He was Loki and Mole Man again, along with the Mole Lloyds, Lava Man, Civilian 2, and Male Computer Voice. And then Night at the Museum, the video game, he was the thinker and Billy the Kid. Huh. Um, so that was an interesting little thing. And then as producer, he's done the Castlevania series, Transformers War for Cybertron, uh, Watership Down, a uh, series of unfortunate events, the TV series, Haters Back okay. Off, 13 Nights of Elvira, R.L. Stein's The Haunting Hour, Kid President, Elvira's Movie Macabre, St. Patrick's Million Dollar Marathon, uh, and the Ninth Annual Family Television Awards. So he's got a resume with some mm-hmm. good stuff in there. Um, Castlevania's been very well received. Um, yeah. I've heard good I've heard good things and bad things about the Transformers, but I think Transformers fans are kind of as finicky as Master of the Universe fans. So, <laughs> um, I'm just throwing it out there, guys. Like, this is a series literally made for us by us. <laughs> I mm. mean, what more can you ask for? Well, like, uh, I, I did watch the Transformers one, uh, and, and out of all the things that I could say, that I I was like eh, about if anybody wants to have like a you know good bad here the the only negative I could think of was was Prime is not quite the way I'd like to see Optimus Prime but at the same time this is also the beginning of when Optimus Prime is Optimus Prime so it, it's like you're you're looking at the latter day Prime versus here's him just becoming the leader and doing the best he can with <laughs> the world basically ending with Cybertron and all that stuff. So, you know, in that level, it's like everything else, though, it made me want to get toys and it made me want to actually like watch it and keep up with it and stuff. And and I I enjoyed that. And um, yeah, I mean, honestly, if if anybody and I know there, there are fans out there going, give me the keys of the car. I'll show you how it's done. It's like, here's somebody that has the keys of the car. And guess what? He is a fan. Right. Give it a chance. Let's see what they they do. I mean, Rob David, too. He he was a fan from his childhood. He he right. was on Gross Google. Check that episode out to yeah. get a chance because he really gets in depth about the Eternity War and how he views Masters of the Universe. And with him being that guy at Mattel right now, you have a force who is passionate about it. Right from that side of things, you got Ted Biaselli being a force passionate about it from Netflix. And it's like between those two. Then you have Kevin Smith as a showrunner just dropped into the middle and having yep. him be the like like you said, the hype machine. It's like yep. I'm willing to give this the benefit of the freaking doubt because right. for if if somebody wants to say Kevin Smith isn't the best person for this, it's like, but you know what? I don't think he's going to be the guy to go, I'm gonna sink this ship because number one, he even said it on his podcast yeah. this past weekend. They would have fired him if he did something that made it feel like right. it wasn't supposed to feel like. His mission statement was make it feel like when I was a kid again. Make me enjoy this and and have stakes to it. 
make it like Shakespeare. He was saying, that's what Ted was saying to him. Uh, yeah. And he quoted, and it's like, that I think is what he's trying to do here. He's not trying to ruin our childhood. He's not yeah. trying to do anything different. He's trying to progress it. He's trying to evolve it into something a little bit more interesting or at least new for us, because we yeah. know this chapter and verse at this point, most yeah, I- of us. Head over to the Facebook group, Legends of Grayskull Podcast. I put an edited uh, video of his recent Fat Man Beyond, where, you know, that's what me and Sean are referencing. And I, I got just the master stuff, so you don't have to listen to any of that stuff. But it's it's a lot of good information. They speak from the heart, you know. And Mark Bernard, and he's another one. He's a writer on it. He grew up with He-Man, Thundercats, all of this. Like, even if these guys aren't super fans... They've been around, they know of it, and I have faith that they're treating it with respect. Call me out in the comments if you want, but that's how I personally feel. And just to clear the air, we are in no way endorsed, sponsored, or paid for by Netflix, Ted Viaselli, Kevin Smith, Smodco, Askew, none of those guys. So we're doing this all for the love. <laughs> yeah, just kidding. <laughs> No, I mean, yes, we are. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing. Guys, if you're listening and you want to cut me a check, I would be more than happy to do it. But currently I am not. But I, I'll gladly add that sponsored by. I got a nice space right there uh, down below us. See that red area? Sponsored by whoever we, whoever you want. Like, just drop me a line. Log, logpod85 at gmail.com. We will take mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> Alright. Anything else you want to mention about the uh, Revelations, the teaser trailer? Uh, I think we covered it last week. I know we covered and then this week, yeah, it's like story-wise, in a minute and 30 seconds, I can only cobble together a little bit of what I think the story is going to be. And like you said, it's probably going to be the first half of the first episode. Right. And from there, it all blows up anyway. And it's like, I don't even want to guess because... My guess is I'm wrong at this yeah. point. I, I'm I'm very much in the just. I really want to watch this. It's been two years in the freaking making at this point, almost almost two years. And and you know like I I, I to this day I, I do want to say this. I feel bad for Kevin Smith because the guy has been wanting to be excited and tell people about this thing, <clears throat> and you have put the you know you've censored him, Mattel and and right. Netflix. And you can tell the poor guy is like, I really want to share something, but I'm not allowed to. And it, it's like, man, it, thank God Tom Holland isn't on your payroll. That guy would have spilled everything within the first month and we wouldn't have needed to watch it on Netflix. <laughs> I'm telling you, if I was sponsored by Netflix and I knew any of this stuff, I would have told you guys as soon as I found out I would not have been able to keep it. So, All right, moving on. Head cannon. We Head all cannon. do it. We all have these little stories in our head, either to make help bridge certain continuity gaps or to fill in some background on lesser-known characters, whatever. So last week I put out the challenge. I said, tell us your headcanon. Winner will get a Rise of Evil 2-pack. Um, and we did get a few entries. So let's start off with the man who gave me the idea. Uh, put your guns on. All right, this is one he's been going back and checking out our older episodes. So this one he dropped back on episode two and a half. Yes, back when we still did half episodes a lifetime ago. (laughs) Yeah, at least a lifetime now, yeah. 
So here's what Put Your Guns On said. Ever since I started collecting Origins, I also started imagining my own cannons. And your, mine and Sean's, discussion on the cave transformation versus the sword transformation here reminded me of an idea I had. Uh, this was the old uh, DC comics where Adam had to go to the uh, cave of the cavern of power to transform. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was that Adam would start out using the cavern of power to turn into axe and shield He-Man and fighting Skeletor over the two halves of the power sword. But then at some point he unites both halves of the sword seemingly for good, so he and the sorceress relocate their home base from the cavern of power to Castle Grayskull, and he can now use a sword as a lightning rod to transform into He-Man anywhere. Basically an incontinuity bridge between the pre-filmation story and a post-filmation one. Mm-hmm. Also at this point Adam's fashion sense conveniently changes from a blue tunic to a pink vest, white shirt, and purple pants. Likewise the sor- sorceress changes from a snake motif to a bird one. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, when, it's, it's when... clean, it's simple, and it does bridge that gap wonderfully yeah when when i found what episode because that's the hardest part is digging through the archives on our stuff already like we're episode 68 i mean geez but uh yeah when i when i read it i was like i kind of dig that idea because there is this feeling of you know Mm -hmm. adam shouldn't have access to the power until he's proven himself so the as the idea of he has to go to the cavern in order to become he-man every time and that's a trek so it has to be worth the effort to do it and then once the sorcerer sees he is good and the other thing too was combining the power swords and him not wanting to take all the power for himself and he's actually using it to protect and defend i like that aspect of it, it it paints a lot about adam's character without having to say a lot it's by doing and I really, the more I thought about that, I'm like, that's that's actually a really freaking fun idea to right. do that continuity. I like that a lot better, definitely, than the classics where it's just like, oh, Adam went out and collected two halves of the power sword. It's like, no, no, no. Because then everybody knows the secret, and you know how I am about secret identities. Um, mm-hmm. And But I also don't like those early stories for the fact that I it gets repetitive. It's like, all right, we got the two halves. We combined them. Now we split them again. We hide them. Now, oh, Skeletor's got two halves. He combines them. We get it back. We split them. We hide them. It's like, where are we going? Like, it's just the same plot over and over with a different setting. And Mm -hmm. I like this as it gives it a limit. You know, and I, I think I might even have said something similar back then. But yeah, if you start off like this... And then, but then it becomes like, okay, now we've we've accomplished the power sword saga, and now we're moving on to the next thing. Yeah. Okay, I could get behind this. And, exactly. Um, as far as the sorceress, I like the idea of her changing the armor. Um, you know, and it would be great if like we find out that the sorceress, like the the falcon form, is her her zor form is her real form but eons ago when the power sword got split and lost or hidden or whatever she was she lost her connection to grayskull and she went into disguise and so basically that cobra form was like a disguise to mm-hmm. to you know so that no one knew about her connection 
to Grayskull. And so she was able to roam the land more freely and try and find a champion to help harness the power of Grayskull. Yeah, I like that too, because that's the only part that made me a little like, okay, how do you bridge that? But yeah, I like that if it's if it's a in disguise or almost like Ben it, she's she's um oh I can't think of the word now. Like like uh, Ben Kenobi at the end of episode three. Oh, exile. She's in exile yeah. because the, right. the two halves have been taken, you know, they have been taken apart. She's in exile because she wasn't protecting Grace, it or whatever. Grace you know? sealed everything like she is cut off. Yeah, so she's cut she's, off. So this is it right. until that a hero can re- resolve that. So yeah, exactly. Very nice. Um, he comes back this week. Put your guns on. Uh, uh, here we go. I know I'm already grandfathered into the giveaway and next steps of discussion and all that, but just for fun, I figured I'd share another one. So in the classics toy Bios canon, there were other He-Men before Adam who were guardians of the sword rather than wielders. Vigor, Vikran, Wundar, Ular, etc. I like to think that there were others down this line that were like warriors from different cultures, like how Vigor was clearly based on a Viking. Like a samurai He-Man, or a fully armored knight He-Man, or a Shaolin monk-style He-Man, or an Aztec jaguar eagle knight He-Man, or a Mongol warrior He-Man. Also, some of these other unnamed reference. Oh, <clears throat> sorry. Also, some of these other unnamed He-Men were references to or jabs at otherly overly muscular heroes, like a He-Man who was suspiciously similar to John Blackstar, or one that was suspiciously similar to Conan, or a spiky-haired martial artist He-Man named Goku, who was known to yell a lot while his friends and enemies alike marveled at how strong his power level was. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, put your guns on. I am never going to like the idea of there being a line of He-Men. Um, you got some cool ideas for, for some warriors there. I would love to see, uh, some fan art, whatever, but no thanks. That just my, I, I just, I don't like the multiple He-Men. See, the thing is, with people that don't like that and i can I, believe me I'm, I'm not the guy saying it's wrong i actually yeah. i agree with that idea that the he-man should be adam right and that's why the name or the 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 title of he-man is given to him and no, it, you notice even in and take take with it a grain of salt if you choose that you know he-man's son in whatever version you want is not he-man it's hero Right. So it's like, you know, that is bestowed upon him. It is He-Man that is Adam, and that signifies that. But the way that I view how the idea, like, I, I get the whole thing of, okay, we're, we're, making, we're making concept characters, but trying to incorporate them to make them make sense in the line so that they can get a character. And, right. and the whole, you know, bibbidi-bobbidi, timey-wimey thing that, that, uh, that uh, Scott Knightley did, but what that did for me in my imagination was go, these aren't He-Men. These are people that maybe the sorceress was going to, like, like you said, especially in this idea, the right. connection is broken. She's going after anyone that she's heard a legend about as a warrior and thinking, I need to find this person because this person could be the one who can help me back into Grayskull and help unite the swords again. 
Right. And I look at it more in that way, where maybe one of them managed to get one half of the power sword, but but dies before, it, before he can get the second. And then the other one finds the second half, but they can't unite them because something this or that. And there's this element of that's the saga, like you're talking about, of the dual power swords. Right. And then, boom, Adam is the one that finally does it, and that secures him being He-Man, and it needed to be done leading up to him in that way. So I don't look at them as He-Man. I'll never say, okay, Vicor right. was the first He-Man, but I look at Vicor as he's a champion. He's he's a champion that she recruited, and he got to a certain point, but he didn't fulfill the mission for one reason or another. No, I agree with that. I love seeing those stories in between. I'd love to see stories about Vicron and Vicor that had nothing to do with Grayskull or the Power Sword even. Like, just... Agreed. I, Agreed. I love everything that fleshes it. That's my thing. I want it to flesh out, whereas I feel that kind of thing just, like... It narrows it, even you know, like you said, even having a King Gray Skull is different than having a He Man is different than having a hero. Like those are different sagas. So yeah, I love some, some preternia stuff, but yeah, why is it got to be this is He Man and this is the Power Sword and go ahead hit me? I just got an idea that I actually quite quite dig. So okay, love or hate him, I still like the King Gray Skull aspect. Two thousand X. I don't. I again. I'm not going to ever say the power was in him and all right. that stuff. He's got. A, he's always, got a place, and I don't. He's got a place. Found the place in official media yet, but he has a place. I agree. I I see him as a historical figure, and right. the fact that his name is Grayskull and the castle and all that's that's the part that's important to me. Not the fact that oh the, that was where. That was the equivalent of in an episode one where they they're like there was no father for Anakin and I literally laughed so hard in the theater going oh okay we're going here now right. but here's what I'm thinking right. in my in in a headcanon for this some of the Vicor Vicron and some of those characters could be people that were in his inner circle and so in his last breath it's the whole you know he gives. He gives his life to the power, you know, his essence to the power sword so people can call upon it and stuff. And I like the idea that whenever, for whatever reason, that power sword is broken in two, which that's a whole nother thing to get into for a continuity. Those are guys that are trying to get it back because that was a guy that they are respectful to. That's someone who maybe he saved their lives once. So they're like, I, I need to go and collect this again as a, as an honor to him or something like that, because I always had this concept in my head of Grayskull being somebody that traveled across Eternia and he united everyone. And that was the whole power of Grayskull was the unity of Eternia to, to defend itself against something bigger than itself. And I kind of dig those would have been maybe like tribesmen that he met along the way, or they would have been something like in yeah. his inner circle of, of uh, you know, the, the council of elders perhaps and they were the ones who were a little more like, I'm not going to be some good person, on, uh, you know, sitting in a, in a on a throne. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do adventures and I'm going to conquer and I'm going to do this. I'm going to find the other power sword and all that kind of stuff, maybe. Right. No, I, I can dig that. Like I said, I think there's lots of good stories there. I think there's a place for King Grayskull. I think there's a place for all of that. My thing is just there's no He-Man until Adam comes along. You know, that's, which I I completely can agree with you with biggest thing. But yeah, I'd love to see. I'd love to see. I'd love to see an anthology series just going through like just a different era. Like, just start with start with it because I feel the power. 
That's a big thing. Like you said, I think King Grayskull, for either the castle's named after him, he's named after whatever. He's got to do with the castle, and Hero is the source of the power. And I mm-hmm. think that's the way to merge those two. You can even separate them by generations, where you're going, okay, let's start with a Hero story, showing how the power came to be. Then a King Grayskull story, showing how you know maybe he tried to harness the power and failed, or maybe he kind of did, but he he didn't he man it, you know, like he, mm-hmm. but, and then, yeah, go down the line. Like here's Vicron, here's Vicor. And just like, just have a limited series where it's like six issues. That's like, here's the generations before he man, mm-hmm. you know, leading up to he man emerging, but uh, it needs to be done without it being like, Oh, here's the he man of the North and here's the he man of the West. And now they've enslaved the Munchkin village. And you know, like, well, no, I don't, I don't need that stuff. I just the, give me a good story about their time period in Eternian history. And, and the other thing too, that I was just thinking, and then I promise I'll stop because we got two other people to talk about here for their ideas and I'm taking their, the stage from it. But the other thing is if you want to go to the great wars, yeah. Well, you have you have that time where Vicor, Vicron, and everybody was looking for it. The Great Wars came into it, and suddenly all bets were off. That's a legend now, right? You know, like I exactly. like that aspect of it, and that's why leading up to Adam, it wasn't even like they they might not have had right. a generation or two of anybody bothering with it. And then when Adam shows up, it's like you got to go back to the magic in order to protect what you love, you know, right. and you have- that's cool. You have to find the way of the good and the power of the mat. Wait, no. No. Something else. No. <laughs> Another episode. We'll get back into that. All right. Oh. J Max. Let's not, let's not run. J That's all I'm Mac asking. 77. <laughs> as a kid, I always used to use Triclops as a bounty hunter type similar to Boba Fett in the Star Wars universe. Also, Fisto was an English tavern dweller and a blacksmith. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, there were a few more comments, but the, the next part about his idea. Uh, it was always fun to be able to imagine him being able to use blacksmith abilities to upgrade and repair his armored fist, weapons, armor, and stridor. And use Orko's magic to possibly imbue the items. Um, Triclops as a bounty hunter. Seems pretty prevalent for anybody who was first introduced him through those mini comics, which I'm assuming J. Mac was. Um, yeah, Me too, as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm good with it. There, I thought it was used well in Eternity War with him as a bounty hunter. So I'm all be- I'm all behind that. The more intriguing one for me personally is Fisto being the English tavern dweller and blacksmith. Um, while I I think he's always kind of been associated with taverns and rough and tumble. Um, I never thought of him as a blacksmith personally. I mm-hmm. I don't. I always, but looking at it, it's like okay that I can get behind that. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually talked to him a little bit about it, and I said the same thing. I never saw him as a blacksmith, but he's got the freaking fist. So there is an element. It, it reminds me of a uh, in, in Infinity War with the the sure. giant dwarf. And 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 he had he was using his his fist because that's what Thanos did to him to actually like hammer right. uh, Stormbreaker and I I really liked 
that aspect and i'm like man i could just see fisto doing that too come to think like put a couple of you know put a couple of drinks in him and he's out there doing some crazy stuff to entertain oh, absolutely <laughs> no i can see i can see him on the road like re like you said reforging weapon weapons or armor or whatever like oh i just need a smooth rock and i'm you know mm-hmm. um so at that point then is Spike or then his kind of uh, evil parallel? Instead he could of, be. Instead of yeah. Jitsu? Yeah. Is Fisto uh, uh, a cool enough dude that he's got two nemesis? Nemesis? Well, Nemesi? it, well if it, that's the thing, like, I always, I, I kind of figured it more like, you know, in Iron Man, Tony Stark doesn't look at um, Obadiah Stane as mm-hmm. being his ultimate bad guy. He's just a guy who ended up in a suit by the end of the movie and they fought mm. each other. So right. in that way, it's like, you know, uh, having, having spike or being the same guy only on the other side, doesn't necessarily mean that they would be head to head with each other. It would just mean he'd be probably gunning for him to go. I'm not letting you make more weapons for the bad guys. I want to, you know, it, it's about protecting the people he cares about, but I, that is kind of a fun idea to go. Okay it's it's the whole you know the person that you thought was supposed to be the the arch enemy might not be the actual person it would be somebody else and it's like this is why and it's not because of of their body because that, that's the right. main reason everybody's like okay he's got the chop in hand and he's got the fist okay you know right so it's that's, like okay see, that, I, that could be interesting <laughs> i think the spike uh, if you go this route then the spike or Fisto dynamic could actually be a bit more interesting because, like you said, as it presented, uh, Fisto and Jitsu, it's it's they were released. And I think Spike was released in the same way, but I could be wrong about that. But they were released at the same time, and they both had the the hand features. Yeah, but I could see the 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 blacksmith rivalry going back. You know, like that's that could be a whole other offshoot we could do. So, well, the other thing is, who out of anybody is able to touch Spike or other than Fisto because no one else yeah. has, uh, you know, gloves or a big metal fist or whatever. It makes true, sense. It, it's like here's Spike or Fisto, go get him again. You know, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I like that. Very, very nice. Very nice. All right, last one we got. Man, these are some good odds here. So last one we got, uh, this was an email from Jake Vega. Uh, As a kid, I had a few headcanons explaining why Orko and Shadow Weaver look similar. One was that Orko was Hordak and Shadow Weaver's estranged son. Another was that Shadow Weaver was originally a Trollin and used her powers to look more human. Hmm. You know, I've heard of people having that, that, like, I never thought about it as a kid. Maybe because as a kid, I, di- I didn't see any of the Orko Shira crossover episodes, so it never really entered my mind. Um, and no offense, Jake, but the sun thing? Nah. Uh, the Masters at Time King definitely get way too uh, tight-knit family, so... Um, nope, I'm good without that, but I do like the idea of Shadow Weaver potentially having some Trollin origin. Um, even if she's not a Trollin, maybe, maybe she got, uh, maybe that, that crystals that transformed her, maybe that was from Trolla, or I could definitely see it playing into there a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, this one I don't have as much to mileage to talk about, but yeah, I, yeah. I like, I think out of the two, 
the anytime that you start doing anything involving so and so as this person's kid, it gets yeah. a little muddy for me. Especially like, it when works. it's like Hordak and Shadow Weaver, like <laughs> that, and they made Orko, but then you got yeah. Uncle Mar- Montork as well. Yeah, it's so, a little, it's a little yeah. convoluted. And 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 no, I'm not. I'm not trying to tell you that you were wrong and you're thinking because honestly, no, no. Uh, no and that's the, that's what I just want to say here. It's like you know, I love that this is. I love it, even though we only got a few. I like that these are some interesting ways to look at it that I've never thought of before. I, I do like the the idea of Shadow Weaver. Like I can almost picture it being like um, uh, Evil Lynn with uh, with uh, oh god. Now here I go again. Uh, the little guys, the uh, they they came Twiggets? in. She Twiggets, thank you. They she came in and um, she she uh, she bamboozled them, mm-hmm. not bamboozled, but bamboozled them. And it could be a similar thing where that's why she looks the way she does. That it, whatever she did, part of the backlash of that is now she has to cover her face, and now it's. You know, for that reason, and just like a trial in wood or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. Eh. I like it. I would definitely like to see some Tron connection there, but I don't want her to be the mother. <laughs> all right. So, thank you very much, you guys. That was all awesome headcanon. I, I love. I love the creativity. Even if I didn't personally agree with you, don't feel that that's an attack on you. It's just I love hearing the headcanon. I love debating headcanon. I love debating everything really that's why i'm here so uh great entries we're gonna go to break right quick here we got one more when we come back we're gonna find out which one of you lucky three is going to take home that rise of evil two pack stay tuned we'll be right back legends of grayskull will be back right after these messages why don't we go and take these action figures that helped shape us when we were kids and kind of go on a quest, get the best figures, we can auction them off and all the proceeds will go to Children's Health. We're here at Bounty Hunter Toys in Hamilton. Heroes Comics, baby. We're going to check out Toy Society. Big fun in Columbus, Ohio. Today we're in Toronto, Ontario at Treehouse Collectibles. I got a near complete Whoa. vintage Star Wars collection. Jeff was so kind. He donated all these Marvel Avengers figures. Is it for sale? No, we're not selling ours. We had three. We sold two. Everything's for sale. Now, I think that I almost like She-Ra more than I do He-Man. Every choice that Jay makes will affect the auction outcome and, in turn, impact the kids that the Children's Health Foundation support. The Child Life Program alone is about $700,000 a year. And so by Jay doing something like this, it's going to help support that and, at the end of the day, allow kids to be kids. I'd love to see. I'd I'd love, love to see $50,000. Just take somebody out of that pain. Take somebody out of that world. And if we can go out there, you know, and help, why wouldn't we do that? Jay's going to be searching stores, basements, and attics for the rarest figures, the coolest play sets. This is the the beginning. The clock's ticking now. It's the adventure of a lifetime for the most important toy ever. Action figures. Action figures give you an ability to take home your favorite character 
in plastic form, put it in your pocket, put it on your shelf, and experience those characters through your imagination. The ones that were supported by cartoons, I just found you were able to then go back to your action figures and then continue the adventures. And these were our proxies into those worlds. So if you wanted to watch Turtles, you had half an hour after school. All the rest of your time, you the only way to experience Turtles was with the toys. That's all imagination. That's all a writer is. That's all you sit around in a writer's room and go like, what if you did this or what if you did this? Same thing kids do with action figures. So action figures are incredibly important. People in your life tell you that you need to get rid of them because you don't need them anymore. You know, you shouldn't be playing with them. You shouldn't have them. You're growing up. I never wanted to do that. It never felt right for me to get rid of this stuff. They, they felt like extensions of me. They represent feelings, emotions. They represent everything. There's more out there than just serving yourself. And now, back to Legends of Greyskull. Alright guys, welcome back. It is time. He got it on camera this time. Alright, one of you lucky three is going to win this right now. So, here's what we're going to do. Step one, and Sean has no idea what we're about to do, and that's the best part. That's the so, worst part for me. <laughs> here's what we're going to do. I've got all three of you guys on a list. Let me switch over. All three of you guys on a list right here. Put your guns on. J-Max 77 and Jake Vega. I am about to randomize this list. Sean cannot see my screen right now. Nope. All he can see is my beautiful face. I His message. So, when I randomize this list, whoever's in the number one spot is going to have numbers one through four. Whoever's in the number two spot is going to have numbers five through eight. And whoever's in the number three spot is going to have the numbers nine through 12. I'm not going to tell Sean who's got what. Oh, boy. I am then I going I to ask Sean 12 trivia questions. Oh, the hell. However <laughs> many Sean gets right <laughs> That's the will number, determine huh? who the winner is. So, oh, you guys are going to hate me. If he gets six right, whoever's in that number two slot wins. Everyone, that makes sense to everybody? I hope so. Makes sense, this Sean? Is, this is my... Oh, no great. pressure. Kevin Smith doesn't know anything, and neither does this guy. Yeah. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure all right. at all. So sure. let's go ahead and randomize these. All right, there we go. There is our order. Number one. I'm going to go over it again. So that, that guy in number one. They're all guys, right? Yeah, they're all guys. So we're good, I think. I'm assuming. I'm sorry if you're not. I only know your screen names or your email name. So, the guy in number one, you've got the numbers one through four. You're hoping Sean only gets at max four of these right. The guy in number <laughs> two, you're hoping Sean gets between five and eight of these right. Mm -hmm. And that guy in number three, you're hoping Sean knows all this and he gets nine 
312 road. All right. Oh, boy. Let's flip back over here. All right, Shawnee. You ready for this? No. Okay. <laughs> but I guess we're doing it anyway. And uh, uh, Sean, did you have any idea this is where this was going? Absolutely Before I not. started talking about it. No. <laughs> <laughs> and considering that we've done trivia for people like this and had them in the hot seat, I now, ha- now, uh, I now know how they felt. And it's not good when it comes to the Riddler being at the controls of this because I always like to nickname Mr. Dooch over there as the Riddler. <laughs> Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Oh, God. I got everybody written down. I got 12 questions on the board. Here we go. Oh, God. Question number one. In the Filmation series, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, Tila made 105 appearances. How many times was she captured by herself? Not in a group. <laughs> Fifteen. Very good. <laughs> it's going to be us rehashing the whole episode. I'm like, I remember that. It's like Captain America. Uh, I know that reference. <laughs> there, there, there is a few of those. There, there. Okay. I think everything except for maybe one, we have at least touched upon at some point in okay. 68 episodes. So, Oh, dear Lord. All right. Question Let's do number it. Two. Okay. What object did Orko use to summon Damar the demon? Uh, it was a book of book of spells. But wait, no. It was a, it was a uh, I'm looking a for the actual of, title. I will give you that. Uh, yeah, I'm looking for the title. Oh, geez, that I don't remember, and you'd think I would because that one I watched more after I got the VHS. Uh, yeah, that's all I got is a bo- book of spells. So, yeah, uh, I'll stick with that because otherwise it'll take forever for us to finish this. It was <laughs> the book of magic. Oh, so Okay, close. the book of so magic. So close. I actually was thinking of saying that, and I'm like, well, I already said spells. All right. <laughs> All right. Question number three. Name two artists who are currently working on Masters of the Universe doing box art. Nate Barch and Eamon O'Donoghue. Very good. Correct. And Axel Jimenez, I'm not forgetting you, but those were the first two that came right into my head. And Francisco Etcher. Yes, that's the one I don't remember, and yes. I feel yep, bad. Yep. I'm I'm sorry, Francisco. I forget that, but no, nope. yeah, there, you, you you there were more options there. So. <laughs> All right, here we go. Question four. All right, the power of the evil horde is a rare mini comic, which is slightly bigger than the regular ones. What did it in its audio cassette come packaged with? It came packaged with Hordak and Grizzlor, if I remember correctly. Very good. Four questions. You've gotten three right so far. Whoever's in that number one position is not too happy right now. Sorry. (laughs) Question five. 
Going back to the Filmation He-Man and the Masters of the Universe series. Okay. Which character had their name in the most titles of episodes? Hmm. I'll go with Tila only because I, I don't know. Like I, you said, He-Man was only in two a little while ago. So I'll go with Tila. Titles. Tila had three, which was more than He-Man. But the character who had the most was Orko. Orko. Okay. Well. So, oh, nope. well. Wrong nope. there. Nope. Spot, yep. spot number one, guy. You're still in it. <laughs> By a thread. <laughs> question number six. Who played He-Man and She-Ra in, in the Power Tour? Tour, Tour? Oh my god. Uh, I, I, uh, and Danielle's I know we talked gonna, about it. Danielle's going to Dan- be disappointed in you. She's going to put a she's going to put a curse on me because I can't. Yep. Jack Wadsworth and She-Ra? and then. Shira is his wife, so I know her name is Wadsworth as well, and I cannot remember her name. I can't remember her first name. Uh, I'm gonna just I'm gonna throw a name out there, and All right, do it. we'll see if I'm right. Uh, okay, uh, Alicia, because that's the only one that came to my head at the moment, <laughs> and that's wrong. I'm sure, that, but that yeah, is I, I wrong. Yes, but you were very close. You got. <laughs> It was Jack and his wife, Leslie. Leslie, okay. Wadsworth, all right. Well, I got him. All right. So I'll get half of hers. (laughs) We're we're halfway there. You've got three right. It's anybody's game still. Uh, Question seven. This leprechaun, along with his hounds, protected Sky Mm -hmm. Tree from unwanted visitors in the Forgotten Forest. Oh god! What was his name? Oh yeah, of course you're gonna do that. Uh, I don't remember his name for life of me. I was gonna say Sky Tree, and it's like no. Um, I do like my questions that make you think you know the answer, and then they take a turn. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Um. Oh my god. I do. I do not remember that one at all. Um, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll just go. I'll, I'll just say Shalele because <laughs> it makes me think of Iris, whatever. But I know that's wrong. There's going to be a lot of people going. Why are you on this show? And this is proof. Why am I on this show? <laughs> <laughs> the correct answer is Tullamore. Tullamore. Well, I say, actually, I was going to say Tuvar, but I know that wasn't Tuvar. You so. were, were kind of down there. Nah, Which also, I believe Tullamore is a type of Irish whiskey, if I'm not mistaken. So. I could use some neat, of that right now. connection though. there. <laughs> hey, guys, anybody game still? Still three right. Here we go. Where was Yeesh. I? Seven? Number eight. Here we go. Oh, this yeah. one's fun. Oh, I bet. <laughs> Name four characters. That Ted Biaselli has voiced. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, Martha Stewart was one because I, I actually was like, Martha Stewart. Martha um, Stewart won? Yep. Oh, my God. Uh, we just did this. 
the 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 the, the, uh, the uh, bug guy on Turtles. The what was his name? I can't remember the bug's name on Turtles. I know Martha Stewart because I picked that one up. Um, yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> I do not like quizzes. Um, uh, uh, he he was the host on Elvira's uh, show. I, I you said he was a host. You didn't really give an uh, actual like title to him. If I, all Not right, there. the host. Um, and then he was. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't remember the others. I'm just going to stop there. I, I cannot think of the others right now All because right. I am that. Yeah. Sorry. No, you're good. What, what are you? <laughs> give me, really give me two you, that I didn't remember. I thought I thought the, uh, well, you were pretty close on turtles. If you got in a fourth, I probably would have taken it. The scumbug was the turtle. Scumbug. And then scumbug. I really thought you'd pick up on Mole Man and Loki. From superhero squad. Why, why didn't I think of freaking Loki? That was uh, every time you said Loki, I'm like, oh, yeah, because oh, you even. Just, uh, uh, yeah, whatever. I was watching. I was watching your face earlier in the show. Like, okay, no, he's 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 yeah, he's reacting to yeah. some of these, and no, that that was definitely a, a fun one for me. I'm like, there's a re. <laughs> Sean Tyler yeah. called earlier in the episode. He's like, "Why is he reading all of these voices?" So <laughs> I figured you were making a point. I didn't know there was going to be a quiz later. It was both. <laughs> it's the best of both worlds. It's oh. Um. All right. Here we go. What was the name of the barbarian that Mark Taylor created when he was twelve and had a drawing hanging it in his Mattel office? It was a uh, Torak. And he was correct. the Oh, is he gonna pull what, the title uh, out too? Uh what was it? The 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 barb the fighter of prehistory? The hero of prehistory. The hero of prehistory, okay. Nice. All right, so that's Close. four. One more in spot number one. You're eliminated. I'm gonna switch back real quick here, just to remind everybody what spots they are. So here we go. One more, and this guy up top is out of here. All right, question 10. What was the title of the series Filmation was developing in the late 80s that would showcase the further adventures of He-Man? Mattel would later use this as a jumping-off point in developing the new adventures of He-Man. Um, that was like, well, they, was that the hero TV show they wanted to do after no, that? No, this and is before it, that. This was the one oh, between, before that. between He-Man and the Masters and before New Adventures. Filmation was working on one when they ended up uh, getting sold off. Oh, man. This I don't remember. I, I figured it was the hero one right after that. Um, I don't know that. Uh, it, it was that the uh, the live action show they were trying to do the live action one. And it was supposed to be like Captain Power a little yeah. bit, and it never got off the ground. Uh, I don't. Uh, I can't remember if it's exact. Probably that. wrong. There was a lot. You're, you're just you're, you're looking at it like, yeah, there was that, but it's not the answer. <laughs> <laughs> so. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's what I, I guess was out there you were passing. I'm passing because that's All the right. only two that I had in my head. He Man and the Masters of Space. And the Masters the of Space. Yeah. Okay. And I didn't <laughs> mention that back when we did our New Adventures episode. So. Yeah, but I erased that one from my mind because that one was a little weird. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Question 11. We're almost there. Actually, yep. where are we at? We're at four. So sorry, guy in the number three spot, you are out. I apologize, but thanks for playing. Um, you do have a parting prize, so drop me a line. Um, well, let's tell Sean who's eliminated. Why not? Go for it. Uh, so Max 77 he was in our third place. But, so he had 9 through 12, which you can't hit now. So I'm it is- sorry, Mac. It is between Jake Vega and Put Your Guns On, but Sean still doesn't know which one is which. This so, is true. Question 11. All right. Name two villains from Filmation that were in no way affiliated with Skeletor. All right. Shakoti. Okay. She wasn't affiliated with Skeletor. And let's... Uh, he was, he was, uh, crap. Lord, Ma- well, technically you could say Lord Mask. He wasn't affiliated with Skeletor. He had, he had Trapped Jaw on vacation. You could technically go there if you wanted I to. I'll give villains. it to you on a technicality. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's, he's, he's like within like smelling distance based on that, but that was it. He, he did not actually interact with Skeletor. He was not at all. <clears throat> all right. I know it doesn't matter at this point, but I'm giving you the last question because I can. Let's do it. You love House of Shakoti. I do. The only two-parter in He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Mm Mm-hmm. What was the title of She-Ra's only two-parter? Oh, for the love of God. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I... Well, say it wasn't a two part. I was I was going to say Secret of the Sword, but that was a five parter. That's so a five parter. Exactly. So two parter. I I honestly do not know because you know how rare it was for me to watch Shira, so yeah. I don't know. And that would be Anchors Aloft part. Yeah, two. I would have never. I would have never guessed that in a million years. <laughs> we'll be doing that episode. It's a great episode. It features Seahawk. It's wonderful. So. Sean did get one, two, three, four, five four, correct. Five. Wow. You just snuck it over. So <laughs> go back one more time. Show everybody the order. So sorry. Put your guns on in spot number one. You are eliminated. Jake Vega, spot number two, numbers five through nine or five through eight. You are our winner. Congratulations, Jake. Congratulations. So you have that Rise of Evil 2 pack coming your way. Uh, put your guns on and JMAX77. You guys also send me your addresses. We got some lovely party gifts for you guys. So uh, thank you all. Thanks for joining us. That was a lot of fun for me, especially. <laughs> that was that was horrible for me. <laughs> and I can't but you know what? Again. 
What What's fun about that is I already said, you don't have to be a fan and knowing all these factoids in order right. to be a fan. You can still enjoy this stuff. So, and Sean also, <laughs> he knows a lot more than we... Until, if anyone ever gets me on the spot, I probably won't look any better. It just it's it's a lot <laughs> easier on this side of the, it is. Uh, it being yeah. on the show has proven that because it, we we did at All Star September and we're sitting there looking at Danielle try to answer something and we're both like, well, it's right here on the paper. Why don't you know? You know, or right. it, it, we it just blew went my over mind this. to see. Exactly. And, and like it, it blew my mind when I watched the Emiliano one and yeah. he actually was like, he was smiling like, I don't know what it is. And I'm like, <laughs> out of everybody, him and Yuka were the ones where I'm like, wow, wow. how come you guys are all, all freezing up? And it is, it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> and that's I do all, know that now. With the exception of the anchors aloft, that was the only question that I threw on there that I'm like, I don't, I think I might have mentioned it at some point. When we talked about the two-parter, but we have never really covered it. But everything else on yeah. there, in one way or another, maybe even this episode 20 minutes ago, we covered. So, And and the thing that gets me is I really want to say the, the book of, of magic, and I want <laughs> the book of spells. And yep. that one could have been six at least, and then I wouldn't have felt quite as bad having 50-50 on that. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Lordy. All right, Sean, it's your time. All right, so we did the... Uh, comments questions concerns uh post today and we had a lot of new people reaching out to us which is really awesome nice. so nice. first first one up we have andrew bowers and he just he went with comment and we're gonna read this here anyone complaining about motu right now needs to realize we are in the midst of a potential second golden age for the franchise in the last couple of years we have had a Shira reboot that was very popular. Seven new toy lines: Dream, DreamWorks, Shira, Mondo, MCX, which I'm, I'm guessing, uh, oh, Mega Constructs. Okay, Origins, Masterverse, Hot Wheels, and Funko Pops. Mm-hmm. Two new animated series, yep. a new comic book prequel series, yep. and more. I'm forgetting. Yep. The, <laughs> then remember that no matter what changes with Motu or how it evolves. It does nothing that erases filmation slash vintage Motu. Yes. We'll, we'll always be able to have that, and we get all this new stuff. I'm feeling great about the state of things. And then, actually, ironically, yeah. J-Mac uh, responded to him, and I, I want to just get his okay. response in here. Uh, Andrew Bowers, well stated, it's great to have such a large push of Motu items and shows, etc., my daughter enjoyed Shira, even though us older f- fans found things not to like. And the possibility of new fans with all the material is what will keep Motu alive. Yeah. And there is more. And unfortunately, I did not click the thing. But that was that was the beginning yeah. of his uh, yeah, of his we, comment. We and I agree. We completely agree, Andrew. As the whole first part of our episode tells you, it's it, honestly, if guys, like I said, we're very inclusive here. Your opinions are your opinions, our opinions are our opinions. But as a Masters fan, if you can't find something right now that you're that you can enjoy, I don't know what you're looking for. Cause we are getting it all. Like you said, there's two shows, a comic, you know, books are coming out. We got all these toys, like you know, Lego-like mega constructs. We got the high-end Mondos. We got, I mean, the statues are coming out. 
semi-regularly still. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I just, I, if there's really nothing you like, I, I'm sorry. I wish there was something you liked, but I just, I can't believe with all the stuff coming out that there's nothing you can find good to celebrate. But that just exactly. Thank all you, right. So next. Yeah, thank you, Andrew. That was awesome. And then Robert Reed Emery wrote yep. in this this time. He said, uh, what did you think of the Spanish language trailer voices for Masters of the Universe Revelation? Uh, thoughts on Scareglow image, uh, Kevin Smith tweeted. Does the show look more like a sequel to 2002 show than the original? Okay. Um... I watched a Spanish trailer. I don't know why, but I felt I needed to. And <laughs> sorceress, I mean, that sounds like a sorceress voice. Uh, I'm assuming they're saying basically the same thing. I liked the Skeletor. He did a little extra, like, a little more demonic. Like, a li- there was a little more gravel to the voice, um, mm-hmm. which was a neat turn. Um, the funny thing was, though, I swear it was the same laugh. At the end, towards the end there, when Skeletor Mm -hmm. laughs, I swear it's still the Mark Hamill laugh, because he got this little, like, (laughs) at the end of it, like, that was really Mm -hmm. unique, and I I really liked it, it stood out to me, so when that part came up, um, it it was odd that the laugh was still Mark Hamill, but the voice is obviously someone else, so, Mm -hmm. um, and the only other critique I have is, if it's a Spanish version why was Bonnie Tyler still singing I'm Holding Out for a Hero? She should have been like, que esta el hero or whatever. I don't know. (laughs) I wasn't trying to be uh, derogatory. I'm just saying she's, why, why, why aren't vocals like, like song lyrics translated? Are, are they never, or do they sometimes? That's, it actually, it ticked off this whole thought process in my head where I didn't, go look it up, but I thought about it when I was listening to it. It's like, why wouldn't they translate the lyrics to the song as well? Mm-hmm. And I'll be the guy saying I actually did not watch the Spanish version, so I don't have a leg to stand on in this part. Um, but I think with what you were just talking about, I bet the reason they didn't do it is because it is kind of like a worldwide known song i doubt they changed it into different languages everywhere it it was uh played so i have this feeling it was probably like all right they just it's the song you know that's what i was asking do they never change the song like if if aerosmith plays down in mexico is it still just english lyrics like Mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure i guess i just always assumed that you would at least you know like 99 love balloons like that has a German, you know, mm-hmm. ninety nine Luft balloons, and then the American ninety nine Love balloons, like that. Mm-hmm. So I guess probably because of that, I always just assumed that, like, when our songs went overseas, that they translated them. Mm-mm. I don't think they do technically. That's just me. I I could be wrong. Right, and, I don't hey, know. Comment if I'm wrong. Yeah, let us but know. I, I just had this feeling like it, it's like that's the original artist. So it has that feeling of, well, that's how it was meant to be played. And that's the, the intention behind it. And you can have people covering it, but it's like, that's a cover song that that isn't the original person. 
right. doing it. And, you know, like, I, I guess that's the way I look at it. That's just my two cents. Yeah, but, I never looked into it that far. Uh, he had so, some other stuff on there. What else did th- we have? Thoughts on Scareglow image that Kevin Smith tweeted. Looked like Scareglow. I'm excited to see Yeah. It. I'm excited Definitely. to hear Tony Todd. Looks I, great. Uh, out, of, out of anybody in the cast list, I'm probably the most excited for Tony Todd just to hear that voice in connection to a creepy character. And yeah, it was it was really cool to see that image. I kind of wish we would have seen maybe a little more of them in the trailer, so that I could say, "Oh, it is Scareglow and Orko going head to head." But yeah. um, just the f- and and I'm not I'm not trying to turn into a Scareglow fanboy, but just the fact that we're finally getting him, Clamp Champ, and and some yeah. of these characters that they they never made it in, that's giving me tingles. Just going like, I can't wait to see how they they portray them, you know, and, right, and right. personalities and everything. And then, um, does the show look, or does the show look more like a sequel to 2002 than the original? See, I don't think so. I know I've heard a lot of people saying that I, I don't see it other than like we kind of commented on earlier. I feel like Mike young really nailed the feeling of He-Man. So I think mm-hmm. that's basically what you're seeing because even though Mike Young was a completely separate series and it wasn't a sequel, it was a reimagining, I really felt like it, it took that classic story and kind of, and reimagined that. So I think that's what it's it's kind of one of those it's like how far can they really be separated? Even though they're not directly connected, you know. Mm-hmm. And just the way animation's trending, you know, you get Filmation, then 2002, you get Mike Young Productions, and now you get Powerhouse. I think you're seeing an evolution of art style in the industry that lends itself. Like, to me, it's all it's all pulling from the same pool. So, of course, it's all going to seem similar. But when I look at those, I feel like those are the upgrades of the vintage era. I don't mm. I don't see it being that it's closer to 2000X. It's it's more like 2000X went here and Powerhouse went here and just cuz of the the times Powerhouse and Mike Young are closer to each other. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I, like from from just an action perspective it looks like 2002 to me because the action in that was much more kinetic. Yeah. And I mean, it, it was it was they, there was definitely more like there was there was less of them doing the the um it, just reuse of of uh the, the animation, animation the stock animation and doing their own thing but i'm kind of in that boat too where i look at it and i go well filmation did this 2000x brought it to this and now powerhouse is bringing it to right. this and in this way it's almost like it's it's like a trifecta Mm-hmm. of masters the way exactly. i look at it in, instead of because there's still things about this where you could see the filmation influence but then it also has a 2000x flair but it also is its own thing right it's it's we have only seen a minute and 30 seconds of its own thing so let let's really get into it because like when you look at certain characters you can see a little bit of both but then it's like but then there's still this right i'm still gonna have to meet this version Mm-hmm. And find out what he's like, even though we have the smile. So we, we talked yeah. about that, and that's 
that's still well, that's there. what I'm saying. If you, I mean, you can put the filter on however you want, but at the end of the day, it's pulling from the same source, so it's going yep. to feel connected. Like there's only exactly unless you just go completely crazy and then you end up with like a new adventures that just feels completely disjointed like that's not what they were going for so that's not what you're seeing on the screen so but i I look at it and i see vintage upgraded personally Mm -hmm. same here uh jacob hicks uh wrote in and he said what are your welcome Uh, what are your thoughts uh of masterverse figures starting to appear on store shelves I have no thoughts because there are no Masterverse figures on my store shelves. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I, I guess it, all Mr. <clears throat> you know, like Eeyore over here. Yeah. No, um, <laughs> I, I'm actually surprised that they're out already uh, because uh, yeah. from what I understood, the street date was today, uh, right. the 15th. Uh, and, and I'm not finding them here myself in central Pennsylvania either, but it, it, it does give me a rush every time I see somebody in any of the Facebook groups posting here's Skeleton yeah. God and they got him in the car and they already got him purchased. And there's a part of me going, you know, it's coming along and right. I'm thankful right now that I can't find it because I'm <laughs> not exactly financially in the greatest of places to buy all of this right now. So there is that, like when it gets here, it gets yeah. here. I'm happy that it's on its way at least, but uh, yeah, I, I'm pumped. I mean, it's nice I, to know there's a line that I'm excited to have on the shelf again in that way. I mean, no, no offense to the Origins fans, but right. I just, I, this is more my speed with the articulation and the look. Um, and that's kind of the thing, too. It's, and we haven't had a lot. Man, this news has been hidden just so hard. It's like every week there's something new, and we haven't had a lot of chance to circle back on a lot of topics. But that's one where I know we did the episode where we discussed the reveals and I was kind of on the fence. But everything I've seen since then has just made me really pumped for this Masterverse line. Like seeing these guys with the stuff in hand and seeing that Battle Cat. And I'm like, regardless of whatever I said back in that episode, and I don't remember, but I think it was probably some long lines of like, well, I'll have to wait and see in hand, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. As soon as I see this, whatever's in the store, I'm clearing the shelf. I mean, I'm not yeah. saying I'm buying multiples, <laughs> but I'm one of each. One of each will be going in my cart. Wherever I see this, when I see it, it's just... Um, the the pictures look great. I can only imagine it's going to be even better in hand. Yeah, I, I think for me, uh, just to round it out here, like... When they announced it initially, I was more pumped mm. because that silhouette had my mind going in 50 different directions yeah. of what I wanted to see it to look like. Now that we see what it looks like and now that we see the animation for the show, I'm right. like, I see how it syncs up. But there is a part of me looking at it going, but I feel like there's still room Mattel could do to make it a little more visually oh, sure. interesting with paint apps. And there are people out there that are customers are going, oh, I'm going to go crazy with paint on this thing. And I can't wait to see what those look like. But as for everything else, it's like I, the person who was already posting in Malaysia, mm-hmm. the main question I had to ask them the other day, and I got, it re- I got a response within like seconds, which made me thrilled. I just go, so articulation, 
are these tight joints or not? Because yeah. I've already gone through this with classics. And he said that the joints were so tight, he was afraid to move them because he was afraid they would break. Yeah. That's and that it. made me just smile from ear to ear because I am that guy. I really want that stuff to feel like nobody's played with it at the, at the uh, factory yeah. before I've I can get my hands on pl- it. Playing with my raft, and they these guys are the same way. Like I'm always the the elbow joints. Like I am terrified of moving mm-hmm. these on these guys. Yep. Like they are just, ooh, mm-hmm. like a yeah. Tiger. All right, so here's a name that comes up pretty much every episode now. And thank you once again, Jason Torrance. Jason, uh, welcome back. He 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 always gives us some good stuff here. I have a Tila question. Don't okay. worry. It's not what you think, he says. In Revelation, would you like to see them expand on the Tila Adam Prince or I'm sorry, the Tila He-Man and Prince Adam relationship like they did in the comics? Or do you think it is too soon? Also, have you guys thought about how you will handle the podcast for the new series? Will you, you be doing a show for each episode or one big podcast for the five episodes? Not that I'm trying to throw a ton of a ton on your plate. Just curious. Whatever you guys decide, I am sure it will be fun. Keep up the good work. Thank you once again, Jason. All right. Well, let's take Adam, Adam Tila He-Man first. I always talk yep. for Sean. Go. Adam Tila He-Man, yay or nay? Well, considering that she's supposed to be, I'd say yay. I, I, and I think that's going to take a huge part right. of it with what Smith has been talking about. Yeah, I, th- I think it's time. It's time to really explore this relationship. And especially if He-Man gets knocked out of the picture for a while, that is a great time for Tila to really sit there and be like, what do these guys, this guy, mean to me? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, I think we all kind of have the feeling that Tila will know the secret by the end of it, if not right at the beginning. So, you know, and it's that too, that, uh, that come to Jesus, like this guy's been lying to me all this time, but he's this guy that I really like, and the guy I thought I liked is the same guy, and still like this whole, like that's a whole journey for her. So just mm-hmm. to try and figure out, and if at the same time she's also like, you know, my mother's in prison by Skeletor, or I got to find this power sword, like that could be if done well, it could be a really good like. Um, plot line throughout the whole thing and I'm hoping that we really do explore it it's time we're all well adults now I want to see what happens with this relationship where it goes yeah agreed and then uh, the, no we don't think it's too soon no, and then no. uh, how how will we handle uh, the podcast on the new episodes there, there has been been a lot of discussion about that and i can tell you 100 percent for sure that we do not know at this point um <laughs> it's i'd like to say we're gonna do a show an episode but unfortunately the way netflix releases their stuff if we're doing a show an episode that's five weeks minimum and I can't wait that long or else it'll get spoiled for me and that'll ruin my enjoyment of the series. And on the other side of the coin, I 
uh, I don't want to rush through it, but I think I'm going to have to. I think July 23rd, I'm going to have to sit down and watch five hours of He-Man. or what? Uh, they still haven't said the time, but watch five episodes of He-Man so that I can actually enjoy it and not run the risk of scrolling through Facebook or someone messaging me being like, can you believe Tila made out with that chick? And I'm like, oh, I haven't gotten that far yet. You know, so... We don't know. What do you guys want to see? You guys want to see yeah. a big, uh, a big just, here's the, the first five episodes. Let's talk about everything at once. Do you guys want to see us take our time? Um, but I think either way, me personally, by July 24th, I will have seen the entire uh, five episodes. Yeah, I, I pretty much told my kids that morning I'm not to be interrupted. Because this is the, like, it used to be, you know, like when Mandalorian was on that morning, I'd watch it. So I didn't have any spoilers from Facebook. Yep. And I was doing that for a bit yep. with a couple other shows. This one for me, it's like, I got to see the whole thing or else I know by lunchtime, somebody's going to ruin it. And I don't, I'm not typically the spoiler. Like, I, I don't typically yep. shy from spoilers. This is one of the few times where I'm like, I don't want to, I, I don't need them. Yep. I just want to watch. So... Yeah, well, I don't know. It'll be fun to figure that out. Yep. Um, Robert Reed Emery wrote again. Uh, how about a fun, a fun one? Okay. Like three top three screenshots from the trailer that looks like a, a metal album cover. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> I, Robert. Tune in in episode 69. We will both have three <laughs> images. Because I, I want to do it upright. I mean, we're on YouTube here. He wants to see mm-hmm. top three images that look like album covers. Yeah. We yeah. will go out. We will get our three images. And we will present them nice and glorious for you next that episode. Works. This, this that is works. See, guys, I don't look at the questions beforehand. Nope. I nope let either. Sean surprise me. So I guess I kind of do like being in the hot seat a little bit. Um, But yeah, that's one that I want to actually, you want screenshots? I will get you three screenshots. You'll have six screenshots next episode. Thank you, sir. All right. And then we have uh, RJ Clark returning. Uh, RJ, welcome back. I hope you are feeling good, buddy. It is great to see you around and active again. Yeah, definitely. Uh, What's going to sell more? Origins or Masterverse? Masterverse. <laughs> that was really easy for you. Because <laughs> I'm going to buy more, so they'll sell more to me. Well, there, there you go. Oh, that's true. That's I mean, I'm, 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 I'm all in on that line now. I'm, I will, unless they start getting crazy variants, but I don't think they will in that line. I think that'll be pretty much like we'll see Skella God because that's a big change. Like, maybe a Battle Armor He-Man shows up in a big capacity, like, in the latter half of the season when he comes back, mm-hmm. maybe we'd see a refresh. But I don't think it's going to be as variant-heavy, you know. At best, you may be looking at the variant outfit, like the Tila after, you know, in disguise or whatever. Um, but I don't know. I just, I think, right now, I think... The Masterverse is what a lot of people are looking for, and I know a lot of people are buying Origins. It's a great seller. I'm not knocking that. 
But I think Masterverse is more in the wheelhouse of where a lot of us adult collectors are. And uh, and then, of course, you'll have the CGI toy coming out as well. And if that's a good show for the kids, I think that might even eclipse both of them. I mean, nothing like that kitty money. You know, all those five-year-olds asking for a, a, a Netflix He-Man figure for their birthday, you know? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. But yeah, just my personal thing. I think Masterverse will sell, will sell very well, and I think it'll outsell Origins. Uh, honestly, it, I was going to say Origins at first, but I thought about it. And I'm like, well, think of how many times you've seen Skeletor and He-Man hanging on the pegs still. Right. And, you know, so I, I actually think Masterverse has a little bit of... It depends what they do with that line. I right. think is the main thing because we only know wave one and wave two. Right. And if they start going into some interesting areas, that's where it'll be defined whether right. or not it's going to sell or, or not. So, um, and, and, and I, I, I got to echo some of the fan sentiment online. I really wish Masterverse was being handled by the four horsemen because okay. they, they could have do- definitely brought their, hmm. their little, uh, ta- not little yeah. talent, but their, their little touch <laughs> to it. But it's um, not, and and that's what I'm saying. Know, with like with like wave two of Masterverse, you're looking at Beastman, Spikeor, Tila, Man and in Arms, Man in Arms. You know, whereas wave two of Origins was Battle Armor He Man, Battle Armor Skeletor. Like it's you know it already right there. That's what leads me to believe like this line's just gonna go for it. Like let's just get these characters out. We're not worried about. It's kind of like the Netflix series. Like it's ten episodes, and that's it at this point. Like, okay, mm-hmm. let's just get a bunch of characters out. And you know us fans love our unique characters. That's why He-Man mm-hmm. and Skeletor are hanging there, whereas Triclops and Ninja are nowhere to be found. So. Yeah, agreed. Our winner tonight, Jake Vega. Jake, uh, He He said, uh, ship a He-Man character with a She-Ra character to make a power couple. You want to hold that for next episode as well, so you can put some thought into it. No, no, I'm good. Okay. Oh, a He-Man Shira, a He-Man character with a Shira, not a He-Man with a Shira, a He-Man character with a Shira, a He-Man character with a Shira character. I, I would like to see. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I I think it'd be kind of fun in, in like a, an almost Spider-Man Black Cat kind of way mm-hmm. to do uh, Frosta mm-hmm. and Snout Spout. Okay, okay. Because I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, you know, <laughs> him being uh, he he's against fire. She loves yep. that, I'm sure. He right, right. he shoots the water out of his trunk, so that automatically makes him a little more interesting and endearing because she can make ice sculptures at a, sure. on a whim and all that kind of stuff. And there is this element of like, you know, if he took that off, if he can take the head off, I almost like the idea that she'd be like, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> I I like it. This there, there's this sure, thing. Sure. It's like she was always into into the you know He Man, and he, yes, he's a handsome, brawny looking guy. But right. I almost like the idea that the guy that would be the wallflower and left at the dance usually because he's a little different or whatever or unique is the one that one of the hottest women on Shira would go, you know what, you're kind of fun. And then she just hangs out with him and the two of them all of a sudden it's like, they're a thing. <laughs> Here's kind of where 
Well, first, the first one that popped to mind is just because there are similarities, and that was Cyclone and Spinnerella. But I don't really have hmm. much beyond they spin. Um, <laughs> but then when I started thinking about character, I kind of like the uh, Castaspella and Ram Man. Wow! And I know you're going to okay. go Ram Man, but I don't know. I just see some that like. Like, like kind of like what you just said. Like, I think Castle Spell would just find him just kind of fun. And then you got that that juxtaposition of like, here's this big magic user and this guy that just busts through walls, and she's just like, he's so sweet and honest, and like, you know, I mean, I just yeah. I could see that really. It's the odd couple, but it works. Well- you know, you know, you know what that is. It reminds me of King of Queens or something, where you have right. the big brawny guy, and then here's the the like, you know, probably more like model esque woman with him, or at least actress esque woman, and they're yeah. like, how did they ever get together? What you know, like this never happens. Right. But it's it's like you could put that on in a sitcom and attorney right. or an Arthuria, and it would you know like. Like like it's like um, Dharma and Greg. It's but uh, it's cast a, cast a spell and Ram Man. You know. It's, yeah. Uh, so no, I think she'd find him a lot of fun and just his, his innocence and his sweetness, and he'd just be amazed by all the magic she can do. I mean, it's oh wow, honey, like that's awesome. Like just that <laughs> childlike joy, you know. <laughs> that was an awesome trick. The boss is coming over in a couple. It's I have to impress him. Oh, and it's just like WandaVision. All of a sudden, there's breakfast on the table for dinner, and See? suddenly, you know, he's winning over the boss and everything. <laughs> Cast a spell, Ram Man. There's yeah, no Eternia, Ethereum power couple. Oh, boy. And then the final one of the night is, again, Jake. So he's going two for two here. Pick ten characters oh, you want in a well. If you want to do this next episode, pick ten characters you want in a roster of a of a Masters of the Universe fighting game. This one, I think, maybe we could clear out pretty easily, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, right off the bat, I mean, uh, tell me if there's one on here that you don't want. But He Man, Skeletor, Tila, Man at Arms, Beast Man. Evil and sorceress, right? I mean, they gotta maybe not sorceress. I, I think so. If if I'm picturing it like Marvel versus Capcom, I'm almost looking at sorceress as like a power up that comes okay. in to help from time to time. But so we got but we got it, six that like have trap to be jaw, there. trap jaw, trap triclops, triclops, fisto. I'd say fisto, and maybe maybe cyclone because he could be a long range character. Or Rio Blast. No, nah, no, nah, he, he's he's DLC. Mm, all right. Yep, I go Cyclone. All right, there you go. And I did There's that for 10. you as well because <laughs> I know you and your Cyclone. I do love Cyclone. So, but I mean, that's so it. anyway. But if you're doing ten characters, it's got you got to have the basics in there. Like that's where you start, and then you unlock See, all those other characters. You know what I mean? That's not. And, and this this is where I know. Uh, it, I I don't think. Uh, Jake knows this possibly. He might. I don't know. Uh, if you listen to the podcasters of the universe, they've had to answer this many times. And every single time Steve goes, well, He-Man has to be an unlockable character. I'm like, I'd never play it. There's no freaking right. way I'd play no, a no, fighting no, no. game of this if I had to unlock He-Man. Like, there's no freaking way. Look at, look so at you have Super- to have him to start. 
Super Smash Brothers is my big go-to. Like, that's what me and my family play all the time. My kids are playing tonight. Like, you start off with, and that's, for those if you don't know, it's Nintendo's fighting game. But, I mean, you start off with Mario, Luigi, Donkey Kong, like, Bowser. Like, you, all the big names, those are your starting. Your unlockables are your, you know, Captain Falcons, your, uh... You know, your random Pokemon, stuff like that. So your unlockables are going to be your real blast. Your stout spout, you know, <coughs> excuse me, even too bad, Spikor. Like, it's a mm-hmm. Scareglow. Scareglow would be a DLC character. They're yep. going to make you pay for him. Yeah. You know, that's just how those games go. So, there you go. Yep, agreed. And... Uh, you get a power up. The way that you unlock a different He Man is you, you unlock battle armor He Man, right. snake armor He Man, that kind of stuff. Exactly. So. All right. Well, I guess right. we are coming up at the end. So I will start my end bit. On today's episode, we learned Sean don't know SHIT about O2, apparently, but that's okay. I'm still here for some reason. And some reason, Matt goes, Hey, we need to record again. And really? Let's do I'm it. here. Let's do it. So it goes to show you, you don't need to know everything, but you could still enjoy the heck out of it. Absolutely. So, uh, hey, subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Give us a thumbs down. One way or the other. Hey, there's that pin again. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> ring that bell for notifications if you like us. Uh, feel free to comment and uh, even question in the comment section if you like. Uh, find us on Facebook, Legends of Grayskull Podcast Group. We geek out there with all of our fans. And by the way, I wanted to just say this in light of all of the negativity that's going on out there. We really appreciate the uh, community that we've managed to cultivate over the last year-ish of us doing this because you guys have been great. You're fun to uh, interact with and geek out with and share ideas, and that's also why we love it. The ideas are really cool to talk about. That's where I think it sets us apart in some ways. Um, and if you don't have uh, Facebook, yep. logpod85 at gmail.com. Send us an email there. Comments, questions, concerns, all around geekdom. Feel free. And until next time. Until next time, guys. Stay legendary. Oh, come on. Oh!